0: for Teaching Podcast. I'm Kelly Fox.
1: And I'm Kim Reid. Kelly, we have a very special guest here today. What do we need to know about her before we get started?
0: Well, we have Shauna Morrison, who grew up on a 28-acre forest in Gray County and loved every minute of it. Shauna left the peace and quiet of the country and ventured down the big city to pursue her post-secondary education at Toronto's St. George campus. She graduated from the Rotman School of Business at U of T Trinity College with a Bachelor of Commerce and Finance and continued her educational journey with a Master's of Education specializing in educational leadership from Concordia University. Shauna is a serious athlete and considers herself to be very a very competitive person. She grew up playing sports and even earned a spot on the U of T's women's soccer team for all four years of her undergraduate experience. She continues to play hockey and soccer and hopes to be able to be competitive again in the near future. Shauna loves all things law and order. Recently fell in love with Abby Wambach's book Wolfpack. She hates loud. Crunching and players who nag and complain to the referees and lines people. Shauna has a passion for public speaking and, with her previous employer, jumped right in with both feet at a national conference hosting about a thousand people. Holy cow! She's a super interesting and accomplished gal, and we're really looking forward to getting to know more about her. Welcome, Shauna.
2: Thank you. And I love hearing you say back my experience because it's such a remarkable and puts a smile on my face. So I love it. Thank you for sharing it back to me, Kelly.
1: (laughs) Thank you for sharing it with us. And we look forward to hearing lots more about you now. So, Shauna, typically we like to get started by taking a closer look at your journey to Georgian. So what brought you here and what is your current role at the college?
2: So I'll, I'll step back in time a little bit. So when I graduated from university, I, I had a little bit of a sense of what I wanted to do, but to be honest, I, I didn't really. Um, and I got a job with Heinz. Uh, yes, the ketchup company, we did much more than ketchup, but um, I went to tomato school. Yes, it's a real thing. Got to learn about how they grew tomatoes and and everything about kind of the, the roots of Heinz. Um, and what my responsibility was, was to really build a, a, a new territory and reestablish Relationships that that Heinz hadn't had with their um, sales outlets for about ten to fifteen years. So my primary role was to just build those relationships and reestablish those connections with uh, many of the the grocery stores and, and big chains that sold their products. So it was an incredible experience. It definitely forced me out of my comfort zone. And I was working on my own straight out of university um, with a company car and a phone and all those things. And it was wonderful. I absolutely loved it. Um, but I grew out of it. And, and quite honestly, I didn't see myself moving down to the big city. I enjoyed going to school there, but the more and more I got back to where I grew up, the more I realized how connected I was to it and how I didn't want to leave. So I looked for uh, a job actually closer to where I grew up, and um, it was perfect timing that there was a student life advisor role at Georgian's Owen Sound Campus. So those of you that are from Georgia know that when you're at a smaller campus location, you wear a number of hats. And I always joke that I, I, I do have a very large head, but it, it was never big enough to hold all of that. No joke, I have to buy men's hats because my head's so big. The roles that people juggle at smaller campuses is just incredible. And we saw a lot of growth. Uh, I had the opportunity to advocate and support our students in so many different ways. And again, I found myself in the same place, looking for a new challenge. And and that's when I decided to pursue my master's. Um, And that was a really exciting opportunity to to put my job-related work, uh, my personal experiences to action and learn a little bit more and reflect on, on, on everything that I was literally going through in my work life, but also get a credential at the end of it. So that was really exciting. And then after that, Um, wanted a new challenge and decided that we wanted to start a family, Um, had my son, and um, it was actually during my maternity leave that the role that I'm currently in came up. And those of you that know what you're going through at that time, um, it was a pretty big step for me to consider changing career paths during my maternity leave. Um, But when I saw the job come up, it literally had my name written all over it, and I couldn't imagine not um, being in a role uh, like that and taking the opportunity to further um, support students in a, in a different way at the Barry campus. So the role that I'm in currently is Manager of Student Leadership and Transition Program. So I'm based out of the Barry campus, and my primary function um, is to support the student government at the Barry campus. And I'll I'll talk probably a little bit later about how that has has changed in the pandemic. But additionally, I also support orientation and transition programming. So that's everything that the college does uh, to support our new students in their first steps as a Grizzly and even before they step foot on campus just to ensure that they're aware of everything that we do and how they can get support and to ensure that they feel connected and feel supported when they get here. And then also our peer mentor program, co-curricular record, lots and lots and lots of things still have many, many hats. um, But it's a pretty exciting gig. And I absolutely love it. And I have a wonderful team. So that's my role now.
1: Amazing. And we learned in your bio and in kind of researching you a little bit that you are a go getter. But to hear that you applied for a different role during your mat leave is incredible. I barely showered during my mat leave. (laughs) I was in such a haze. It was like, I don't know how people do this. Like are other people feeling the way that I'm feeling like this can't be normal. So so to hear that you took the initiative to apply for this role, and it does sound like you're super passionate and super well fit for it, good for you. That's incredible.
2: Yeah, there were definitely okay. more cobwebs to dust off in that experience <laughs> than had I done it at a different time. So Shauna, for our listeners
0: who haven't had maybe direct experience with like student services, what can you tell folks about your role with student leadership at Georgian? And how is student leadership at the college different from student services?
2: Yep. So um, as I said, one of the primary focuses of my role is to support student leadership, in particular, our elected student leaders that represent and advocate for are thousands of students that, that are on campus or studying with Georgian. So our college has an incredibly good relationship with student leadership and student government. Uh, we're one of the few uh, student organizations um, in Ontario and probably um, Canada that isn't incorporated and actually a, a part of Georgian as an organization and isn't a separate entity outside. So I think that helps to to ensure that we have fantastic relations there absolutely have been some turbulent times. And I think we can all recall um, when students have advocated for change or or have requested um, uh, things of the organization. And those are difficult conversations, but we really have fantastic pathways, opportunities, and tables that invite our students to sit at and share their experiences. And through that, I think Uh, Our student leaders feel that truly their voice can be heard um, when they need to raise it. So I would say that student leadership is very much driven from the wonderful students that we have who see in themselves the capacity to challenge our system to to expect something more than what they're getting and quite honestly sometimes that's possible sometimes it's not but they have the conduit they have the pathway and they have the trust um, I believe to know that it will be heard and I think that's what student leadership in that side of kind of my house that role excites me the most is that I have the privilege to Uh, at different tables represent our student voice. We have students sitting at committees that other institutions don't have students sitting at. Um, And that's a pretty powerful um, thing to have our our students have involvement in. So I would say the student leadership piece is definitely Very different from student services because it's peers and students driving the work that we do um, alongside administrators and our senior leadership team who really supports them in doing so and challenges back if there, you know, there needs to be those um, difficult conversations. And we have fantastic students that Um, Our student leaders are in paid um, positions, but we have leaders of clubs, we have leaders who attend dean's council, we have students that are employees at the college, and without them, we wouldn't be moving in the direction that we are as a college because they feel empowered and connected and want to see the college move forward in a positive direction. So um, I would say that's what differentiates kind of the student services. Although student engagement and experience drives what student services does, I would say student leadership and that side of my house, it organically comes from the student um, and they ultimately are the ones to vocalize that and and voice that and represent that at the various different tables and and opportunities that they have.
0: I remember, Shauna, when we were uh, thinking about academic integrity and how we might sort of broaden the scope with academic integrity. And um, I had reached out to you and the academic leader or the uh, student leadership at the time, not really truly understanding what was going to happen or what, you know, just sort of said, let's have a chat. And oh, my goodness, how impressed was I when the students were like completely on board coming up with great ideas, running with them. they um, The leadership, like the actual leadership that, that they they demonstrated at that time was phenomenal. Um, and I'm, I continue to be impressed with the student leadership for sure at Georgian. So I completely wholeheartedly agree that we do have awesome students at Georgian.
1: Yeah, just yeah. to echo that, I feel like this is such an important conversation for us because we spend a lot of time on the podcast talking about faculty and staff and administrators and all the wonderful things that the Georgian team are doing. Um, But students obviously play such an important role in that team, and it's so great to kind of amplify those student voices and to provide opportunities or to help facilitate opportunities for students to share their voices and to speak on behalf of the student population um, in these different contexts. And also, just a reminder to us, we talk so much about how lucky we are to be a part of the Georgian community. Um, And I know we always say we have fantastic students, but really we can't stress that enough, that we are so incredibly lucky to have such a committed, dedicated, uh, engaged group of students to help lead and and lead the charge on initiatives like this. So that's wonderful. Okay, Shauna, so you've alluded to earlier um, some of the great changes that we've seen across the college due to the pandemic. And we know that student leadership is typically kind of a very physical presence around our campuses, Um, great presence through events and support. So how has the role of student leadership changed over the past year? And do you see any of these changes being a part of the long-term trajectory for your team.
2: Yeah, so I'll speak a, a little bit first about kind of our our first year experience piece and kind of building students' leadership capacity and, and resiliency and, and ability to feel connected and, and a sense of belonging on campus. So orientation day, uh, as as you will recall, it was like a physical event on campus that, that kicked off the semester and there was this like uh, unavoidable like buzz that you would feel in the Hallways and and with obviously the pandemic preventing us from having on, on, on campus activity, we had to really pivot quickly to to think about our outcomes. Like what, what are we wanting students at the end of orientation day to feel like they got from that event? And and how can we accomplish something similar virtually? Albeit we won't be able to tick all the boxes, but, but how can we make sure that when they are done, whatever this new experience is, that they feel connected, they feel like a grizzly. They've met somebody that they feel connected to. They know who their key people are. Um, and they feel quite empowered to take the next step and they're not fearful or anxious oh oh, they're gonna feel that way but i mean how can we try to eliminate that feeling as best that we can so the pandemic thrust us into oblivion in terms of the collaborative work that we did with departments across the college to figure out our first iteration. We've been through a number of iterations now with now three semesters under our belt of, of virtual programming, but we busted down silos that um, were were ones that we thought we would ha- take years to, to bust down. So um, we recognized departments that needed to be paired together to host sessions that from a student intuitively speaking that made sense to them to have a couple, you know, the bookstore and the library paired together. Because when you think about books, students think about the library They sh- and they don't think about the bookstore. Silly little things like that um, we uncovered through some of these conversations and were able to um, develop programming that intuitively made sense for students and met them where they were at. So we traditionally used to offload a ton of information to students like pre um, the one week prior to school starting and be like, yep, all right, off you go. And, and we did our best and we supported them along the way, but it, we gave them a ton of information. So what we've done is try to peel back the layers and better position that information at times that makes sense for them and work to position information that's not so important now to later on and worked collaboratively with a number of departments to do that. We've also mobilized um, all of our events to be available virtually Um, with GCSA. We used to host on-campus events. We used to love food and and, um, exciting music, like uh, the halls would be buzzing. Um, So the pandemic has actually allowed us to look beyond our campus and collaborate with GCSAs across all of our campus to now deliver programming to all of our students. Silly as it might sound, campus was a barrier before COVID. We would have very campus events, we'd have a really a campus events or Owen Sound events. And now we have college wide events. So in terms of building that sense of grizzly pride of belonging to Georgian, it doesn't have really a campus now um, attached to it. It's I'm a grizzly, I belong to Georgian. So that's been a really cool uh, thing to explore. Also, we've launched a a virtual chat in the fall when we went uh, through our first iteration of a virtual orientation. We saw so many of our students coming through just wanting to ask these questions and they didn't know where to go because they would be dropping, if we were physically on campus, dropping into our office, dropping into the registrar's office, bumping into somebody in the hallway. So we needed to create a platform where they could just ask a question and land somewhere and then get referred on. So we've launched a a number of cool initiatives, but I think the best result uh, of the pandemic has been the, the, acceleration of the collaborative work across the college to support our new students through this alongside supporting all of us in navigating it as well but really focusing on how can we make this better for students and we prioritize that absolutely through this whole journey very
0: cool
1: So, Shauna, we talk a lot on here about, like, people being able to take bites of information and go and apply them in tangible takeaways. I just have to say, I just wrote down about 10 quotes that you said in that one question that are such uh, accessible and tangible things. I just have to repeat some of them back because some of them deserve to be, uh, again, amplified a little bit more. So, first of all, the statement, the pandemic thrust us into oblivion, I think, could be on a T-shirt that every single person in the world could wear right now. True (laughs) or words have never been spoken. (laughs) (laughs) The other one that I think that you said is that's so important is we busted down silos. We hear all the time from faculty at Georgian and everywhere that uh, as post-secondary educators that we can feel very siloed. And so I think the idea of busting down silos is such a positive thing that has come out of this COVID catalyst. Developing programming that meets students where they're at. Amazing mobilizing all of our events to be accessible virtually campus was a barrier now we have college-wide events and then i'm a grizzly i belong to georgian i think there's so many sound bites here that really resonate. And I think uh, it's just incredible to hear all of the amazing things that your team has done. And the things that I think many of us have been striving to do in this, it sounds like you've, you know, worked so hard to be successful in achieving these things. So good for you. It's, it's really uh, amazing to chat with you and to hear about all this stuff.
2: Yeah. And I think just to speak in particular, because I know that there is a bit of an academic audience that does um, listen to this podcast. We have incredible support from senior leadership to to speak to (laughs) the other side of the house being academics in, in our work. And I think collaboratively, we had to reimagine orientation entirely. So it was like, okay, let's peel back the layers and like, let's start from scratch. Where What do students need? Who best conveys that message? And how can we piggyback on great work that's already happening? And let's get going. Like, I'm not getting caught up in what I do. I'm not getting caught up in what you do. What do we need to do to move this forward? And. But I think the access and the invitation, I mean, Kelly's a part of a, the coordinators forum that we're invited to. It's just, we felt supported to have those conversations and we felt like we were no longer on the other side of these conversations. It's just everybody was all in and super supportive of the journey. So it's been a pretty incredible and I can't thank kind of everybody enough for for allowing us to, to collaboratively take part in those conversations.
0: And the amount of uh, learning and the amount of work and the amount of mountains that have been moved by all aspects within the institution are nothing less than Herculean. So uh, good on you as well, for sure. And as you sort of are speaking, Shauna, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. How come we weren't really doing this? And, you know, can't even really explain why maybe some of those barriers existed. They probably, I don't know, were historical or geographical or whatever, but this is awesome. This is where we should be. So if we want to sort of uh, keep going with that scene... Uh, of you know Herculean efforts and no, just kidding. Um, of uh, how much work we have to do. What is on the future for you? What's on the horizon for the 2021-2022 academic uh, year for student leadership?
2: Uh, what are your goals? What do you hope to see? So, as I'm sure everyone is is pondering this, I think we're we're thinking about the changes that we've made and 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 are hopeful that uh, we're talking about a return to campus of sorts and you know in the near future and what that could look like because i think there there are many things that we will not change that um, i think we've found efficiencies Uh, we also in terms of how we've approached orientation it was also very segmented by campus so now we're approaching orientation and all students have access to the same sessions. And and I know many of our smaller campus locations felt at times that they didn't have the resources, didn't have access to some of the key contacts or at the right time, uh, because we had physical events that all happened on the same day and you can only be in one place at one time. So I think now we have a framework that allows us to dissolve those previous barriers and reconsider How do we continue to move forward with some of those efficiencies while now pumping the gas on that student experience, building connections in person, reorienting our students to our campus. Like there are some students who have yet to be on our campus and they cannot wait to get on campus and just feel what that feels like. So I am most excited about thinking about that is welcoming our students back and thinking about how we do that differently but also thinking about how we support them in ways that we've determined to be super effective in prior to them coming here. So when I talk about our international students, they, the moment they make the decision to come to Georgian, they're talking to us right away. But we didn't really have programming to kind of support them on building their momentum to come to Georgian. So how can we harness kind of that early interest, that engagement, can we deliver programming? Can we make information available to them a little bit differently so that there's not this crunch, you know, a couple of weeks prior to school starting to get all that in and, and also be, you know, registering for classes, getting ready, getting textbooks, all these things stacked on top. So trying to figure out how do we leverage what we've learned and the incredible work that we've done through the pandemic, but just lapping on this grisly engagement, sense of connection, building that sense of belonging, because that has been what students have been longing for. Um, and I think one of the the lessons or like takeaways that I, I always want people to think about in this virtual world is you need to connect. You need to recognize that you're teaching a class for an hour, you have a meeting that students are a part of for a period of time. And that might be the only time that they have an opportunity to feel connected so don't take it don't take it for granted leave time and space for people to connect and it's super awkward sometimes and it feels a little bit forced but it's so worth it and students on the other side of that those are just little stepping stones to build their capacity to do that the next time and then the next time and then the next time and all of a sudden they're turning on their camera in class or they're posting a message in the chat um so we all have a kind of a role and responsibility to break that ice. And and I am always somebody that like jumps in awkwardly and says, okay, like I'll break the ice and I'll answer that question first. Um, <laughs> but we have to set that example and and empower our students to do that because that's they, they're not sitting beside somebody that they can feel comfortable in a class to put up their hand. They're sitting in a room by themselves and they just need somebody to just believe in them, inspire them and reassure them that it's okay to take that like awkward step um, to step into a virtual conversation. Um, Yeah, I just think that sense of belonging that you are a grizzly and you've made the right decision is just something I cannot wait to just lap up when we're back on campus.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so great. And we've talked here, and I mean, anecdotally, we've heard tons of feedback from faculty and from students that what everyone craves right now is connection. And one of the things that uh, Kelly and I expressed in one of our very first episodes was the the gap or the potential gap in the student experience, the greater student experience, and the kind of other half of Uh, post-secondary education, which extends beyond um, like the connection to academia and kind of the academic side of things, as you suggested. So I think the idea of feeling like you're a part of something, um, attending events where you can meet folks like many of my best friends who I still stay in contact with and we've, you know, been raising our kids together and meeting as often as we can are people who I met uh, in my post-secondary experience. So It's just so reassuring to hear um, the effort and the commitment that's gone into ensuring that our students who are learning in this pandemic are still being provided those opportunities. Um, I think it's such an important part of, you know, going through the post-secondary experience and also kind of setting you up for life beyond college as well. Those social skills and the ability to interact and form relationships are so important to us in our professional and personal lives beyond college as well. So that's wonderful. So just to build on that, um, we always love to see opportunities for faculty to connect with students outside of their classroom at college-wide events in a less formal and structured setting. Uh, We've talked a lot on the podcast about the importance of humanizing our classes and our teaching practices. And we think that a large part of being human is having a presence around campus that extends beyond the realm of our classrooms. What are some of the ways that faculty who aren't already uh, can become more involved in the events and initiatives that student leadership is championing what would you recommend or what would you like to see?
2: Okay, so I'll do a little plug for an initiative that really got launched, I guess, pre-pandemic by one of our clubs called Enactus called Say My Name. And it might seem like a simple thing, but I mean, I have a name that people mispronounce more, I think, in a virtual world than they actually mispronounce when I was in phys- physically on campus. Um, and I think Enactus brought this forward because they felt like proper authentic pronunciation and use of people's given names help to empower them to show up to be their authentic self and to feel comfortable and a valued contributor wherever they were. So, I think for faculty and I I've we have a little blurb in our our information that we send out for orientation is that take time to allow students to introduce themselves, allow them to share their name because I can guarantee you and I am guilty of this more more than I would like to admit. When my name gets mispronounced, I'm pretty reluctant to, in a virtual environment, correct it. Um, And it has a pretty perpetual um, effect, especially when it's in a space with people that don't know any different and and are going to assume that that's the appropriate pronunciation of your name. So it might seem like a little thing, um, but what I think is incredibly important because faculty are getting more time with students than I'm getting right now, um, I miss that. Um, but is to take that time to get to know your students in, in whatever way is, doable for you, but to let them share a little bit about who they are, where they've come from, and give them that platform, albeit for a minute, to introduce themselves, share why they've come, why they chose and whatever it is. Because saying their name and having them vocalize that and have others hear their accent or, you know, their, whatever they want to share is pretty, pretty powerful. So I think that is fantastic. I also think in, a, in particular in a virtual environment, creating Informal, Unstructured drop in opportunities for your students that you actually just welcome them to come and chat. There doesn't need to be like an assignment that they need to talk about. Um, If you can create as a faculty or a a person of influence, it could be a peer that's perhaps the representative for Dean's Council or or those types of. um, You know, student leaders in the classroom to carve out space to get your students to come together and start to build that sense of community and connection that's not always centered around academic deadlines. That's just building that classroom environment that is is not really present in the same way that they would be able to feel it if they were physically on campus. And then one of the biggest things, and this is the simplest thing, is when we are back on campus, we need to be a part of the student experience. We need to walk through the hallways with our heads up, say hi to students. On orientation day, exude the excitement and the interest in that day, just like the students are exuding that you're walking past. Help them, offer your help, wear your name tag, be proud to be a part of their journey because, oh my goodness, you do not know the impact that you can have in saying hi to somebody. And then two days later, saying hi to that same person and they have not they they think to themselves wow like they read they they remembered me amidst all of these people these thousands of people um because it's too easy for our students to move through the hallways with their heads down and lose out on the incredible experiences that they could have had had they popped their head up and saw what was right in front of them
0: so as we're listening, Shauna, it's very interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody is going to get that passion. I really don't think it's coming through very well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your passion <laughs> is incredible. I think you are the right person in the right role. I can't even imagine uh, how much students love connecting with you as well. Thank you so much for being here today. It is uh, always a pleasure to chat with you. I look forward to uh, hopefully connecting uh in the fall maybe on some committees do something i'm sure so (laughs) thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure chatting and we'd love to have you
1: back to chat more anytime so thanks again awesome i'm grizzly proud
0: (laughs) yes you are bye for now bye